The names of the people in this episode have been changed to protect their identity. On the streets now, it's fire. It's like, he's from South and he's from East and he's from West. They don't all come together, like, do you know what I mean? So it's like you're putting snakes, giraffes and lions and hippos and all the animals in one thing. So everyone wants to see who's the top dog. Because on the streets, it's different. It's two, there's two different worlds out here. There's the streets and there's the prison. One topic, two chicks, three points of view. What does it really mean to do time? Police emergency. Life in prison. Keeping people safe is the first duty of government. You can get spies, you can get heroin, you can get crack. It is criminality, pure and simple. I'm facing time. It's not on the hiring it's common scars. I don't know how long it could be, four years, ten years. There's not one solution. Could be life. Who cares for the men behind these doors? Bird. Welcome to season three, Behind Bars with Bird. This season we'll be recording exclusively from different prisons across the UK. For our fourth episode, we've teamed up with HMP Belmarsh, which is a Category A prison in London for adult males. The prison is notorious for high-profile cases, particularly those concerning national security. Within the grounds, there's a high-security unit containing 48 cells. This time, we spoke to a group of young adults to find out what it really means to do time in Belmarsh. They shared their experience of being classified as Cat A prisoners, their advice to those facing similar situations and suggested improvements to prison conditions and ways to reduce crime in society as a whole. In this episode, when we refer to someone as a young adult, this means somebody between 18 to 25. You'll hear us say Cat A a lot. We simply mean a Category A prisoner. This is someone that the Deputy Director of Custody, or DDC, deems highly dangerous to the public, or someone who poses a threat to national security. This categorisation is not based on how likely the person is to escape, but rather on the danger they'd pose if they were to. Most of the young adults we spoke to at Belmarsh are classified as Cat A. As you can imagine, this label comes with lots of restrictions and negative connotations, which can have a particularly negative effect on someone who is a young adult. This may affect their outcomes and hopes of rehabilitation. Let's hear from one of our participants, Tion, about some of the challenges he faces. There was just loads of restrictions, and the main one being you can only spend half an hour on the phone. So, yeah, all of my other friends, they'll be on the phone for hours with their friends and family, and I'm just there half an hour having to, like, schedule, not schedule, but, like, having to space out my calls, like, ration out my minutes throughout the day. And it's not even like they roll over or anything. Add into my pin, the process is so long, I've kind of just, I've, I've given up. Like my whole time in prison, I don't think I've had a bigger issue. Like my visits, like, I have to send a form out to the, my family or friend or partner or whatever. Then they have to send it back to the prison. Then the prison has to send it to the local police station. Then the local police station has to send out a police officer to go and interview them. And then they, I think they make a summary of the interview, send it to the governor or something. Then the governor has to check out. And then the governor might will take like three weeks to give you the all clear. Then you find out they're on your list. Then it might take another two weeks for it actually to be on your list to be able to book the visit. In a thematic inspection on young adults in custody in 2020, His Majesty's Inspectorate of Prisons, HMIP, found that in general the outcomes are poor for young adults when compared with those for older prisoners aged over 25. Young adults are said to have worse relationships with staff 
and are less likely to be motivated by the behaviour management schemes in custody. The report finds they are far more likely to be involved in violent incidents and are also more likely to face adjudications, to be placed on basic regime and to self-harm. Taylor shares his experience of coming into prison when he was still a child. Well, first come jail, I was 16. I was in the juveniles, obviously under 18s. And like I said, I was there with a lot of my friends, with people I was comfortable around. I didn't feel too, um, like too nervous and things like that. So it was all right. Obviously, as time went on, they've segregated me from the rest of the like, general population. Obviously, I'm, I get to ask them why, like, what's going on? They tell me, yeah, you're, you're, you're cat now. And then I was taken out of that jail. And that's the first time when they, like, there you don't get strip searched or nothing like that. Like, because you're a child, they don't really bother you with that type of stuff. But they come to me in the in, in reception, they've told me to strip. I was like, no, because I'm thinking they don't do this to no one. I'm thinking, like, they're trying to, like, do something funny. So that's when I got into, my my first real, like, interaction with them where it's like, we kind of bumped heads and we went back and forth and whatnot because I wasn't trying to. And then eventually it just all got out of hand. But yeah, eventually they've, they've put me in the banana suit, which is the, the green and yellow one, double handcuffed me, all that type of stuff. Made me feel like I was the biggest criminal in the world and then put me on the A-cap bus and took me to Felton. In the same inspection report, it states that catty young adults report more negatively on day-to-day life, including relationships with staff, the quality of the food and the cleanliness of their wing. In addition, young adults have worse attendance at education and work. Black and minority ethnic prisoners are significantly overrepresented in the young adult prison population. Here's Taylor again reflecting on how being cat A so young affected him. The main issue for me was being an A cat in a white, like there they call it restricted status because you're under 18. But being like a restricted status prisoner in that type of environment, like that, that, that messed with my head a lot. And at the time I didn't even realise it but it, it, it messes with you a lot because it's like everyone's going to do something. People will be going places, like say, for example, there'll be like a football event or rugby event or whatever, and everyone's going. And then I'm saying, like, let me go as well. I'm putting in the applications and they're saying, no, your ACAP can't go. And, and that type of stuff did like eventually, not at the start, but it did, it did start to get to me because I'm like, I'm, when everyone's coming back to the wing, talking about having fun, laughing, plus myself's right next to the field so you can just hear them enjoying themselves and that like you'll just be sitting here yourself thinking yeah like why am I being singled out I'm the wings quiet I'm by myself there's literally no one there with me so it just ended up getting in a lot of silly altercations and a lot of just dumb things like disrupting the, the gel and all that type of stuff because I ain't have no other outlet. We asked Taylor what he thought would be different if he hadn't have been categorised so young. First of all, I wouldn't be in this jail. I'd have been in a in a youth offenders, which would have been suited to like my my age. In the past few years, I've kind of calmed down. I've not really um, been involved as, in as much incidents as before. But like before, when I first come to this job, like my record was kind of just crazy. So when I like think back to it, a lot of the things why it was like that had to do with my ACAT. Like for example, you're only allowed a certain amount of time on the phone. I'm asking them to give me more time on the phone. They wouldn't. Cool, you're not going to give me more time on the phone. I'll jump on the net and none of you's going home tonight until someone comes and the nationals come and grab me down. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if I wasn't A-cat, a lot of that stuff wouldn't have happened. I would have had no reason to do half the things I was doing. Cat-A prisoners are disproportionately subject to the lowest IEP level. IEP refers to the level of privileges given to prisoners based on good behaviour. 
For example, they are placed on basic, standard or enhanced status. Without specific interventions, research finds that young adults remained on the lowest level of the incentive scheme, with no improvement in their behaviour. Prison guidance states that confirmed Category A prisoners are reviewed by the DDC and a panel following their sentence. Panel include police advisors, psychologists and staff from the CAT A team. If the decision is taken that the prisoner remains CAT A, they are normally subsequently reviewed two years later than annually on the basis of progress reports from the prison. Here's Tion talking about his latest unsuccessful CAT A review. Yeah, I had two. I had one last year and I had one last month. And yeah, they didn't take me off ACAT, but I think inside we're speaking about if it would be better if the ACAT reviews were face-to-face. I 100% think so personally, because you just get a letter through the door being told, yo, you're not, it's still ACAT. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, in the last year, I've had no facts, no adjudication. I've become a listener. I've done courses. I've done so many courses. And not even out of, oh, let me come off ACAT. Just out of, I just like doing courses and all of this stuff. So yeah. So, for me to still not come off of ACAT, it's just like, I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but it's just a part of the journey, to be honest. CJ shared Tian's frustration about the lack of communication about why his CAT A review was rejected. They don't give you a reason. I've only had one so far, and I've been in jail for, since September 20, 2020, and I've only had one, and they didn't really give me an explanation. They, I just got a piece of paper that I didn't really understand. My own you didn't even come and see see me about it. Literally, I got the paper as mail. It was like, as mail. Mm-hmm. I read it and they just said, they still find me a risk to the public, a high risk to the public. So that's why I'm still ACAP, yeah. Um, I don't think I should be an ACAP prisoner, no. I don't personally think. Um, maybe because of my case, but I've seen a lot of people with the same charge as me, which are not ACAP and their case is much more severe than my one. And then they're not ACAT. So I don't believe I should be ACAT, especially the way I am on the, on the wing. Like I have a great enormous, I've got a lot of positives, barely have any negatives. I do a lot, like for example, the listeners course, I do everything, like for example, this, I try to get on everything to help me that goes on my enormous. So I don't think I should be ACAT to be fair. Prison guidance states that before approving a prisoner's downgrading, the DDC must have convincing evidence that the prisoner's risk of reoffending, if they escape, has significantly reduced. This evidence could be that the person has significantly changed their attitudes towards their offending or developed skills to help them prevent reoffending. When someone is in prison, behaviour and sentence dependent, the aim is for someone to progress through A, B, and C categories to have progressively less restrictions until they are ready to be moved on to an open prison, a DCAT, and work towards having weekend release with a view to being eventually released. Offending behaviour courses are a key part of someone progressing to the next category. We explored with our guests how that was going for them in Belmarsh. Cat A, like, we're kind of in a catch-22 because from 18 to 21, we're here, and we're trying to come up from ACAT, we're all stuck in Belmarsh. Every single young Cat A in... Like, there might be some in Manchester, but most of us are all stuck in Belmarsh. And we can't do the courses to come off of Cat A. So that's literally a Cat 22. Like, that's ridiculous. Taylor shares some of the reasons why he thinks the required courses are not available for young people. Party Cursor and Manjo. Yeah, I think that's the main, I think that's the main thing. Cursor and Manjo and a lot of those courses, 
like say for example like Kaizen and all like them type of courses they take like nine like between nine months to a year so I don't think Belmarsh really has the mindset to be keeping prisoners for that long but obviously you get certain people it's in my position when I come in I was like 18 and I can't really go to another jail because I can't go to the high security yet because I'm not 21 yet and then I can't be in a normal YOI because um, my risk is too high so you just get like stuck here from 18 well, I'm going to be 21 in a few and not too not too far away but I ain't really got much to show for it in terms of progression or lowering my risk for that and all that type of stuff if you get what I'm trying to say because I haven't been able to gain access to the courses or like prove to them in the way they want to see that I'm not the way they thought I was previously. Some of our guests also had really positive things to say about the courses that have been available to them in Belmarsh. The listener course was very good because I feel like a lot of these courses they remind me of school to a certain extent but like the listeners course was very serious like it's been like real life events people talking about killing themselves people talking about having all of these problems for some reason like I, I've been a listener for about two three months now I specifically haven't been called out yet maybe because there's so many of us but the actual course yeah it's probably one of my favorite courses I've done like shows you like a different side to life because my problems might be like but another person's problems is I've just come to prison, I'm going to lose my house, kids, wife. I'm like, whoa, like, this, is, this is bigger than me. So yeah, listening to those people's problems is also quite interesting. It was an acting course that I played the granddad. All of our families came around. Yeah, they, they, everyone enjoyed it. All the prison staff was coming up to us on the wing. That was a good course. It was all improvised, so we were practicing for a good month for it. So we were all nervous at the beginning, and then I think one person just got up. And then we all just followed and then, yeah, it was good. All of the young adults we spoke to seemed really mature and it was hard to believe they'd been exposed to so much at such a young age. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, getting a life sentence, you have no choice but to mature up. Because realistically, like, obviously my life sentence is, is very short. I'm going to be honest with you, like, it's 13 years. Like, there's people who've doubled my life sentence the same age as me. So I don't even like calling it a life sentence to an extent, but... My sentence is like, I'm not going to be, oh, I'm 19 now, I'm not going to be 27, like, making jokes, like, I'm trying to think about my life and come out and have a family, like, so, to an extent, yeah, like, it, ha it has to control you because you know you're missing so much of your life, so you have to come out and, to a certain extent, catch up. According to the latest prison stats, violent offences are the number one offence type across the prison estate. We explored with our guests their understanding and experience of why this may be and what the root causes could be that lead people into violence. A lot of them, they're involving gangs and on the streets now, it's fire. It's like, to be in a gang now, it's like, that's what everyone's in. It doesn't, you know what I mean? When you look at YouTube, you look at things and that, like, everyone's out, like, that's just the lifestyle now, like, it's just, so everyone's involved in certain something, so when they butt other people, they're putting everyone from one area and the next area and a different area all in one place, and he's from south and he's from east and he's from west, they don't all come together, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're putting snakes, giraffes and lions and hippos and all the animals in one thing, so, Everyone wants to see who's the top dog. Because on the streets, it's different. It's two, there's two different worlds out here. There's the streets and there's the prison. Like, certain people can be bad on the streets because you've got weapons, you've got a knife, you've got a gun, you've got certain things. But when you come to prison, 
not bad like certain people they ride voluntary and all these sort of things so it just just shows you who's who in this world it could be you can have a little you young younger than everyone but he's running the things because he's on a different things or his name rings on the outside and he does his thing inside you know what i mean so i know it's just right now so many young people in prison like all my neighbors they're all yo's right do you know what i mean all yo's right it's getting out of hand right you know what i mean it's out of hand so many young people come in prison and on top of that, so many young people actually dying on the outside as well. So you got to take that in as well. Often people's backgrounds play a huge part in someone being involved in criminal activity. Taylor shared a different point of view, but still believes that having role models and people making sure consequences are understood is key. I want to blame it on the environment because I've got friends what my next door neighbour I'm still like in contact with now. He, he lived, grew up on the same estate as man went to the same school as me, literally played everything together, done everything together, and he never got involved in what I got involved in. So it's obviously it's a choice. I felt, I feel like it's, it's, the percep like it's the perception of what I was getting into. Everyone thinks it's cool, if you know what I'm trying to say. And I didn't have no one telling me, this isn't cool, this isn't the way to do things, you know what I'm trying to say. And plus, no one ever told me about no jail. I, that's one thing I never knew about. <laughs> I never knew about coming to jail or doing life sentences, I never knew about nothing like that, do you know what I'm trying to say? So everything was sweet and there wasn't any downside to this. You make money and you come from where I come from, why not in it? Like you see a lot of older people, like there's a lot of older people doing it. They ain't in jail serving life. Why, why am I going to go jail serve life? And I feel like what I, what I needed was just, I needed someone with actual experience to come to me and say, yo, look, this is the road you're going down. These are actual, these are actual um, outcomes that could obviously arise from what you're doing. And I think maybe that would have made me rethink a bit. And cause obviously you're not thinking at that age, oh, I'm gonna go out, do this and kill someone. Like you, that's, that was the, that's the last thing that's in your mind. I, I knew what I'd done was bad. I never meant for it to go the way it went, if you get what I'm trying to say. At no point did I think that was gonna be the outcome, do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, when I was, I, I remember one time I'm in a block, I'm in segregation. And me and one of my friends, we was just sitting down chatting and that. Like, I kind of opened up to him. I said, like, this is how I'm feeling and that. And he basically encouraged me. He's like, yeah, like, if you want to just own up to it and apologise to, like, the family and all that type of stuff. Because that's, that's basically what I've done out that. Like, I owned up to it. I said sorry to his, his mum's sister and all that type of stuff. Because you see, for them, yeah, like, they're never going to get their, their, their person back, yeah, I'm trying to say. And, like, to kind of, like, Drag them through. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of fucked. I'll be real. That is that is that's kind of screwed up. So I I just wanted to kind of like tell them like I'm sorry and all that type of stuff. Do you get what I'm trying to say? CJ shared his personal experience of unexpectedly having way more free time and not knowing how to fill the gaps. I I played football. I used to play for Watford. Then I got released by Watford. Um, and when I got released. I would, instead of training, carry on training and trying to get into another team, I was just not doing anything basically, so I had free time, so I'm hanging around with the wrong people. Yeah, when you do get released, you, you don't get as much support as you do need. Luckily, I had my, 
my mum, but my mum was working, so she couldn't be with me all the time. But she did support me. Like, emotionally, I wasn't really affected when I got released. I was still happy and things like that. It's just my free time, what I'd done with my free time was, was, it was not mm. good enough. Like, for example, if I was still playing football, I would have never had the opportunity to even meet the, the people I got in trouble with. Nate shared with us his view on a solution that having mentors and role models is key to positive outcomes for young people and how important it is for parents and young people to reconnect. More mentors in the sense of maybe someone who's from the area or knows about the area or has been imprisoned or maybe don't have to be in prison, could just could be a person like an older brother who's had a little brother who's been through the same thing and he can mentor someone or mentor a parent. Like it doesn't have to be he mentors a young person. It could be all someone has to do is make a company, yeah? And the company evolves around training parents and youths how to connect together back again. So maybe you might take the parents and the child to a place where it's out in the woods and all sorts of places like that and it's just growing character because a lot of people young people they don't have no character like experience about character if you don't do nothing you don't know nothing you're just stuck in one place like a lot of people they don't leave their area they've never left their area like they just that's all they know they're scared to go do you know what i mean to south end or just out there do you know what i mean they don't know nothing you don't hear about working experience no more. Like companies used to open up their doors and said, look, let's get young people in and let them learn a trade. It could be to do with carpets or flooring or anything, car mechanics or anything. There's no communication between businesses, governments, and the young people not getting into work. They're not learning a skill. They're on the streets. They're flunk in school and then they're just like look might as well just do what I want to do because I'm not going to pass on my exam I'm not going to do what my parents or do I wanted to do because I didn't actually I messed about do you know what I mean I need to teach people in a different way like because the teachings and a lot of things they're not working they need to just communicate and don't know a lot of advice it was clear that the group of young adults in the room had so many ideas of how to improve things from genuine lived experience. One of the greatest things about being able to do this podcast is hearing firsthand about prisoner experience. Even though Belmarsh is a high security jail, we still heard so many positive things. There were lots of thanks to staff who go the extra mile and it's certainly appreciated by these young adults. So hopefully this can go some way towards changing perceptions. Tian talks about some of these positives, including young adult focus groups, a prison football tournament, and the one small thing that would be a game changer, removing the 10-minute phone gaps between phone calls. First, let's hear about the importance of being listened to by staff. And then, yeah, I had a friend who, like, we used to have YA groups, and he stood up, like, he went on some water rant, and then, yeah, there was a gov there, the same gov who referred me to this. And another officer who like really took in our words. And yeah, things started to change. Now I've got two jobs. Yeah, I'm a listener. And I'm like the YA rep. I feel like that's improved quite a bit. At the beginning, we used to kind of speak about what are you going to do on the outside, this, this, that. But my personal opinion was 
that didn't make sense to me because, and I think my friend said it in his rant, like, there'll be two people sitting in the wire group. One of them will be involved in prison for uh, selling maybe Class A, might be in a 26-month sentence. And no exaggeration, the guy sitting next to him is here for two murders and he's done 27 years. You can't really have a conversation with both of them and it will have the same impact about how are you going to behave when you come out because he's not going to remember that conversation in 27 years. Then when I got the job of YA rep and I started like running the groups or whatever, I made it, I made it so we speak about like inside prison, what's going on in here because that's something we all have in common. We're all living here. So that's something. And then I thought that's when a lot more people got involved. Right now the YA groups are going pretty well. People are declaring what they want. Tian shared how something as simple as a football tournament can reduce prison-wide conflict, increase empathy and build prisoner-staff relations. Like when I was going down there, I just thought, yeah, I just thought about a gov who like, helps a lot of us and who like, kind of put a neck on the line to me the football tournament happened. I said, if this goes wrong, I wouldn't even be able to look at it. I'll try to avoid it for weeks. But yeah, it went, I think, to a certain extent, that's some people's thought process. And another thought process is just like, that was a great day. Like, all of us, friends, like, my friends who aren't even in the prison anymore, we've got to take a big group picture. Like, a lot of us still have it on our wall. Like, it's a picture that a lot, I mean, it's a day that a lot of us appreciated. So at the same time, it was kind of like, we want stuff like this to carry on. Mm. And then, like, even the other day, what day is it today? So I think yesterday, actually, there was, like, another football tournament. Like, I feel like, and our football tournament was the first one. So I think, to a certain extent, we might have, like, paved the way for it. That's something that we all, like, yeah, took pride in. We had to keep this one in, even if for our own curiosity. The 10 minute phone gaps. A legacy rule that is now redundant with the incel phones, but something that can make a huge difference to prisoners' mental health and well-being. Joe could take off the 10 minute gaps. I really, really hope that some high up people listen to this. Like, the 10 minute gaps kind of like messes with me mentally. Like, from like minute seven in the call, I'm just thinking, yeah, it's going to beep any second. There's so many different situations where you just don't, like, you don't want to come off the phone, all of these things. And if it was a 10 minute, then it cuts off, then you can call shit back. No one in the world is going to complain, like, it's fine. Like, the other day, for some reason, I think it had to do with the phones being broken. They took off the 10 minute gap, like, I'm, I'm actually not exaggerating. I felt like a different prisoner, like, I felt like my life was so different. I was on the phone to my mum, I said, hold on mum, I'm coming back. I called someone else, I called her back in four minutes, I felt so free. The original reason it was put on, I understand, like, if you could use the phone as much as you want on the landing, realistically, a 150-kilo guy might stand there for the whole of social, no one else is going on the phone, fair enough. But we're all in ourselves by ourselves. There should have been cameras in this prison the week that it happened. Like, in art, I thought, oh, you would have thought someone just went home. I went back to my cell, I was, oh, that was crazy, man. So, yeah, that's... If I could actually have one proper, like, universal wish to do with everyone, it would definitely be the 10-minute gap. All of the young adults we spoke to have had their own nuanced experiences with prison. Every prison has different rules and different regimes. We've collated a collection of valuable advice for those who might be finding themselves in a similar situation and are looking for guidance. Advice for someone under in Belmarsh. I feel like my first piece of advice is just like, just don't listen to the rumours like, oh, Belmarsh is the craziest, no, like everyone's just calm. Grand scheme of things, like the govs are calm, like you know, you're not gonna walk out and see someone's chasing, like it's just an exaggeration. Like, I think it's just a normal prison. If anything, a lot of people say it's a, it's a safer prison compared to others because there's no free flow. I think there's not been an actual proper, like full on alarm, like not just someone shouting at a gov, full on alarm in months, like.
So I was on induction. Never had nothing on induction. Like you get a little pack. They give you first comers. They give you a little first time pack. You get like squash, a little chocolate, some next biscuits or something like that. But yeah, that's all I had. And then I got my canteen sheet, filled it in, but I gave it in on the wrong day. And then nothing came. So I'm arguing with the guards. I'm saying, you lot set me up. You just don't want me to, you get what I'm saying? I spent 50 pound, 60 pound, something. I'm saying, you don't want me to eat like, you get what I'm saying? You're just trying to pop me down. But that clock, I should have put it in the other day. But the next week, got like seven, the money rolled over. Like, so I got extra money. I spent like nearly 90 pound. So I got bare food, so the guys are bringing all my bags, they're saying, yo, it's heavy, only one. But yeah, that's, it's easy, it's like, it's a new place, you don't know what's going on. One thing I would say, like, to everyone, like, university is just like, it sounds like, everyone says it, but you just gotta keep your head down, like, you just gotta keep, keep your head down, yeah? Like, don't get involved in things what you know you shouldn't be getting involved in, don't, yeah, because I see a lot of people try to fit in by doing things what they're not comfortable with doing and it backfires and that type of stuff. I see that a lot. Or people jumping on, like, they want to fit in, so they'll jump on and have this person and fight that person for that person. It's just get themselves involved in a whole war for no reason. Like, I think, yeah, everyone should just stay in their lane. Just, just focus on their own life and their own progression and good piece of advice. But... I would say to them, don't stress keep a calm mind and just find any way to get in contact with family because like for example when I when I first spoke to my mum everything I just calmed down and just don't stress that's the main thing because when you stress that's that's when bad things happen as soon as I got the guilty I made a plan for myself for example I just want to get through my sentence as easy as possible and then when I get out I want to eventually start working and then save up because my mum does, she works, like she does a lot of housing in it. So I want to eventually start working with her and then, for example, renovating houses and things like that. Because you could do a lot of courses like that in jail, like um, DUI courses in jail, things like that. I want to do as much personal training because I like my fitness as well. Just have hope. Just know that, yeah, like you'll get there at the end, as everyone always does. Have faith. Just make sure you're keeping your ties with your family. Make sure you're doing something positive in prison. Just, yeah, look forward to coming to your next level or like coming, like getting your DCAT or coming off ACAT. If you are ACAT or if you're BCAT, just work towards get, being a CCAT. And if you're CCAT, just work towards being a DCAT. That person's got to understand as well. You can only plant a seed and let that seed grow, but that person's got to go through their experience or do you know what I mean? Maybe it has maybe it might be a traumatic or it could be you're gonna speak to them no matter what, but and they're always gonna have that thought and oh that person said that to me. All you gotta do is just say certain things. That person when they wake up it could be maybe it's not gonna be too late. They don't have to be in prison. It could be they're gonna get into something or and they just remembered, oh nah it's true what this guy was talk, talking about. Oh, da, 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 da. Maybe it just builds character to them. Our visit to Belmarsh challenged the stereotype of the notorious prison with stories of violence and turmoil. Our guests reported feeling settled here. There are still huge challenges faced by prisons across the UK, and we hope this episode has shone a light on some simple ways the men inside can be treated more humanely, 
to ultimately lead to a kinder society. A huge thanks to Michelle at Belmarsh for supporting our visit and being so enthusiastic about our work. We truly have a third bird on the team. A special thanks to our group of young adults for speaking to us on the day. Plus, a big shout out to Victor for live illustrating us while we were recording. Expect social justice info, stats and prison insights from Bird on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Bird Podcast. You can also find out more on our website, birdpodcast.co.uk. And to play us out, here's a piece sung by Jeray. See you next time on Bird. I'll ever die in the summertime, then all alone in the cold on the pavement. I seen the judge give my brother life, and I felt sick because I couldn't even save him. And they say two wrongs don't make a right. I'ma hop out on the other side and start blazing. I can't slip and have a come and take my life. You know, we dream chasing. Uh-huh, dream chasing. If you ain't riding, then make sure niggas surviving. I got you know what, wherever they want, I go and buy it. Cause I just want to see more of my brother shine. I just want to see more of my brother smiling. Yeah.